Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. And with me this morning, I have someone who is at the State Fair as we speak, and his name is Steve Mickelson, who is at the Eco Experience at the Minnesota State Fair. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen. Nice to be with you. Yeah, so you, the fair is officially opened. At the, you had the first day. How did things go so far? So far, uh, it's... Uh a little bit slow from what I would expect on the first day of the fair, but um, as you and I were just talking a little bit ago, it, it probably has something to do with the heat. I think people are looking and saying, hey, two days from now it's supposed to be cooler, so maybe this weekend it's going to be crazy. That's what I'm thinking is uh, it's, it's just too darn hot there, but you are you in an air-conditioned building there or is it not air-conditioned? Just wondering. Mm. No air conditioning. Okay. Definitely not. But you've got <laughs> a lot of great things at the Eco Experience. Just do a, in a nutshell, what is the Eco Experience at the Minnesota State Fair? Sure. It's, uh, the building is, the main driver is Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. That's who I work for. And I'm uh, one of the communication specialists. And I promote Eco Experience and line up interviews like this uh, during the fair and really it's a place to go to learn all about our air land water and climate and the MPCA has uh, a lot of very visual interactive booths that explain why these issues matter to Minnesotans and give people ideas on some choices they can make in their everyday lives that can help improve their part of the state in their neighborhood and uh, wherever they choose to live, work, and play. I noticed that you mentioned this is divided into specific areas, the air exhibits, the land exhibits, the water exhibits, and then what's called the climate exhibits. So are those, why are those specific areas chosen? Uh, those are the main priorities and work areas of the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. So we've, we find uh, not just our own programs and our own exhibits, but we open the building up to other external partners, and some are other state agencies, others are grassroots-driven organizations, environmental groups, and so we have a whole, uh, whole variety of groups and organizations that all their whole operation is is around one of those main topics air land water or the climate so they get to come in and display their wares or tell their story and educate folks on what it is their little business or company or organization does to try and help uh, enhance the resources in minnesota has the focus changed throughout the years that the eco-experience has been in existence in terms of what you're looking at related to climate, air, land, etc.? cetera? Uh, I would say it has shifted over time and kind of a gradual shift where there's, for instance, in the last six to seven years, really addressing 
uh, our changing climate has emerged as kind of an overall umbrella theme, and really all of the the topics of air, land, and water, it's all related. So we're kind of able to focus um, focus those specific issues on that main umbrella of climate. And, um, you know, when EcoExperience started back in 2006, I believe, it, uh, climate, you know, was something we talked about. It was called global warming back then. And, and over time, it's shifted to more than just, you know, the temperatures rising it's really focusing on what's the effect of that and how can people uh, adjust to a changing climate adapt your communities so you can handle the changing climate in addition to trying to make better uh, technologies and choices to try and reverse the effects of climate change now a couple of the big exhibits you have are a giant moose and a giant loon and those are back so those are very large displays showing our state bird and well the moose isn't a state anything is it's just just a moose right it's a moose but it kind of it kind (laughs) of says minnesota (laughs) isn't it made of some interesting materials if i recall it's made of all cardboard oh okay uh, recycled cardboard we hired a, an artist last year who sculpted this this moose. It stands about 18 feet high. It is a giant moose. And that's in part in our reduce, reuse, and recycle section of the building, which is related to land and climate. Trying to teach people on not just recycling, but reusing products and repurposing, especially clothing and textiles, instead of throwing them into the waste stream, finding new uses for things. Uh, instead of throwing them out. And then the giant loon is in our water area, and that's promoting a number of things, uh, like our Get the Let Out program, which is an effort to eliminate lead tackle from from the fishing stream. Those lead gear and, and sinkers and things like that, if they're ingested by birds, especially loons, uh, it can be fatal. Mm. So we're trying to promote that. And then just the whole idea of clean water, a lot of our programs are revolved around our water monitoring programs, both volunteer water monitors all over the state and uh, our own staff uh, water monitors that monitor our lakes, rivers, and streams on a continuous basis all over the state. Another thing I noticed that has expanded in the past years is your electric garage, and that's a part of the air quality exhibit because it seems like more and more we are talking about going to electric vehicles, electric charging stations, and things like that. Is there anything new with that or additional or something that people might want to check out? Yeah, you you kind of hit it on the head. That's what we include in that in that garage. It's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, your everyday garage items, your lawn equipment, um, mowers and leaf blowers and snow blowers and all battery powered those technologies and prices frankly have come technology has gotten better prices have come down so it's um more affordable we do have three electric vehicles parked in the building we have a tesla and a mitsubishi suv and a ford f-150 lightning and we've expanded our electric bike display this year there's probably a dozen different kinds of electric bikes on display people can sit on them give them a little test um, 
and there are staff from local bike shops who can talk to people about, you know, what would you use an e-bike for? Well, this kind of model might work best for your needs and not selling anything, but just kind of educating people on, on their options. Well, that's great because I'm, I'm interested in knowing more about the electric bikes as well because it's something you see more of and more of. So I'm glad to see hear that that's part of the display as well. So maybe it can help consumers make wise choices. Yes, absolutely. That That's what our goal is, you know, give people the information so they can take it home and make decisions that are best for them and, and their part of the world. Now, in the past, you've had exhibits that show lots and lots of garbage. And like, I remember one year it was a tornado of garbage swirling around. Is there anything related to yeah. that showing of all the waste that we produce? It's funny you mentioned it. We called that bagnado. Okay. <laughs> it was a <laughs> tornado, tornado of plastic bags is yeah. what it was. We, there are um, discussions underway that may be coming back to next year's state fair. Oh. Um, and we've also in the past had something called Trash Mountain, which was a huge mountain of trash. Um, in showing that that issue, you know, in our reduce, reuse, and recycle area, there there's a lot of information about the waste stream and how much uh, goes into our waste stream and how much could be spared if people recycled or reused products. So we don't have the huge visual display, but definitely um, the moose is guiding people to that kind of information. Stephen, this is a question I don't know if you can answer or not, but I was in Iowa for a convention recently, and I was shocked by the lack of recycling, emphasis on recycling. You couldn't find recycling containers anywhere, and if you, if you ask someone about them, they would say, oh, I just throw it in the trash. Do you think Minnesota emphasizes it more perhaps in other states, or is there a reason maybe I noticed that difference? Um, I would say Minnesota over um, my time with the MPCA is close to 30 years, and I, I would say we are one of the um, our state is one of the leaders nationwide in, in emerging issues and not just uh, realizing them, but doing something about them. Recycling is a good example of that. Our climate focus is an example of that. Um, and then I think, you know, what becomes a priority for states kind of falls into what's the political climate of that particular state. And if it's not a priority, then it doesn't get the resources and attention that other states like Minnesota have put on it. Is there That's probably my safest answer? <laughs> <laughs> is there a, an emphasis at the state fair on recycling? Because I noticed at our county fairs they they didn't recycle, and I said, "Well, why did not didn't they recycle?" They said, "Oh, because it's it was too much work because people never put it in the right bin, so it was too much for people later to separate it." Is that happening at the Minnesota State Fair, or did you just say like the county fairs like eh, too much work? No, it is an emphasis for the State Fair. And um, since EcoExperience started in 2006, um, you know, in, throughout the years, we've met with the State Fair and talked to them about, you know, options and recycling and, and given them information. And they really took that and did something with it. And now they have a pretty robust recycling program throughout the fairgrounds, which we've been very happy to see. Oh, that's good. Good to know it. And I know there's yep. there's a schedule in the eco building, so I mean you can see exhibits all all any time of day. But there are stages that have 
presentations. Could you talk a little bit, bit about some of those specific presentations people might enjoy if they come through and the see the eco center? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we have it's called our sustainability stage. And throughout the day between 10 o'clock and 5 o'clock, that operates. And it alternates. You, you can see a, a presentation, environment-related, and then in between those, we have local chefs who come in and do cooking demonstrations of uh, local foods and healthy foods and give out samples, which are popular. But our uh, presentations that you mentioned, it, it's anything from uh, talking about recycling, how to find recycling programs in your community, uh, youth in schools, trying to teach sustainability at a young age, uh, native landscapes, how to turn your yard into a native landscape. Uh, there's a blue blue thumb uh, group that has a program called Lawns to Legumes, uh, where you turn your part or all of your yard into a pollinator garden. Mm -hmm. um, so it's things like that. There are people also showing how you can repurpose clothing and textiles, showing things they've made out of old clothes that otherwise would have been thrown away but are turned into things like um, grocery bags, uh, reusable grocery bags and things like that. So there's just a wide variety of uh, topics and presenters. There are four presentations every day on that stage, and... Sometimes they're repeated, but each day there are new topics to see. And I see that every day has the cooking demo at 11, 1, yeah. and 3. Do people get samples from that? They do. <laughs> they do. Yes, the chef makes uh, whatever they're featuring that day, and they make a big batch of it. And then at the end of their presentation, there's a big line of people getting little samples and um it's been very, very popular. The only time it wasn't as popular, last year, one of the chefs made uh, a casserole, and the, f the featured product was crickets. Ooh. <laughs> and when they gave the samples, people were people were reluctant. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, they the samples go like uh, hot takes, so to speak. Well, well, was that to s suggest that insects can be used as a protein, I assume, that is a high-densely high, um, packed protein? Right. Okay. So it did right. not go over yep, real well, but, you know, promoting. it's just new things are hard to adapt to sometimes. Exactly. Yep. And, I mean, the people that did taste it, they were like, oh, not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> A little crunchy? So, just, yeah. <laughs> just that stigma of, yeah. I'm eating a bug. Right. Well, you know, you think about probably all the bugs and insects we either inhale or ingest accidentally, and, you know, you just don't think about it. Right. Uh, I noticed right. something else that's happening that says uh, there's going to be the University of Minnesota's Tree Care Advisors, and we have garden segments on my program here, and a lot of folks have questions about trees and that sort of thing. So is that a new part that you're having about these Tree Care Advisors? Because I think that would be a neat thing for people to be able to have their questions answered. Yeah, I, I want to say this is maybe their third year oh, here okay. with us, um, the U of M Tree Care Advisors. It, it's a popular booth, and what they're talking to people about is how to um, identify what trees you have, how to keep them healthy, uh, talking about maybe new tree diseases that are around or emerging, and teaching people what kinds of trees, based on where they live in the state, what are the kinds of trees that would 
be best to plant that would uh, have the best success rate. And I noticed there are activities for children. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Because sometimes if you go in an educational building and you have younger kids, they're like, "Eh, can we go out? Uh, We don't like this. You know how they complain about if it seems boring to them. Right. What do you have there for kids? Well, inside and throughout the building, we have what's called Eco Bingo, where you get a bingo card and you go to a different station that are marked and they'll ask a pretty simple question. Then you get a stamp and then when you collect all all the stamps you need, um, then you get a prize. And uh, they give away, a it's called a a buff or a net gator um, that you can get wet and keep cool. And so people are of all ages like, like getting those. And outside our building, we have what's called the nature play area. And it is a playground uh, that's made of all of the toys and things to play on, um, are made from natural products or recycled products. There's a big sandbox, and so we promote that, um, and we have uh, people monitoring that all day so the kids aren't just there alone. So when parents come and they want to maybe look in the building, um, their kids can play in the sandbox and stay occupied while mom and dad go in and learn some educational stuff that the kids might not be interested in. (laughs) In the past, outside, they've had the lawns to leg room lawns to legumes and metro blooms have had a nice native garden out there with native plants and things is that still going to be there because i found that really fascinating showing all the native plants mm. and pollinators and you know kids could go through or adults too and i really enjoyed that is that back yes that when they planted that i forget what year it was that became just a year round we never oh. moved it or took it apart and so it's been really fun watching over the years when i you know, I live in Brainerd, but I come down and work for the fair in the cities, and just seeing how that that area changes and different things are emerging different years, and it's a beautiful front entrance to our building um, that we just keep there because it's a it's a great education piece, and it's really nice to look at. And by the way, I have played the bingo, and it is not that hard, and it is fun to win a prize, so I would encourage people, take the time, it doesn't take that much time, but... I did it because I wanted a prize, mm-hmm. and so even big people can do that. Yes, absolutely. We see uh, even groups of teenagers will come in, and they'll make it a game or a competition. And um, So, yeah, it, it's fun for all ages. Anything else you think people should know about the eco experience or what's happening at the fair, Stephen? Oh, boy, you've... You've asked so many great questions. I think we've covered most of what I wanted to uh, promote. Um, other than if, if you do make it to the state fair, uh, I think it's worth the walk to uh, the northern end of the fair to find Eco Experience. I would tell people that um, look for the huge Ferris wheel that you can see from almost anywhere, and we're just about a block away from that big Ferris wheel if you want to find the Eco Experience. And you are nearby the 4-H building because that's where we spend a lot of time with with our kids and uh, just a little bit down. So Mm -hmm. that is something my boys are really interested in sciences. And so that's been a huge draw, the eco experience for them. So I would encourage you if you've got kids with curious minds or if you're an adult with a curious mind, it's a really great chance to learn. And I also get contacts or ideas for things I can do in my own house or yard or actually I get contacts for my show here every day is Earth Day, but it's a great opportunity to learn, I would say. 
Oh, and somebody else says, be sure to visit the Starry Skies North Kiosk in the Eco Building to learn how to advocate for dark skies, decrease light pollution, and learn about citizen science opportunities. Somebody just texted that. Tell me about that. Excellent. Yeah, that is, I want to say it's part of our Minnesota Renewable Energy Society. Oh, okay. They have, in addition to what you described, they've got some really very visual and and easy to understand a, a difficult topic like how solar is not only harnessed but stored and how wind energy is harnessed and then stored and you can use it not just immediately but store up that power and it can power things um, long beyond just when the wind is blowing for example yeah that and that starry skies north is one of the presenters on our sustainability stage also caitlin johnson from Starry Skies North. Yeah, and the, and the title is Light Pollution, Why It Matters, and What We Can Do About It. That sounds like another interesting one that I want to go check out. So how much time should you allot for going through the building? I mean, I suppose you could just check whatever you're interested in, but if you wanted to see everything, what would you say? Yeah. An hour, couple hours? I think if you're, an hour is probably a good ballpark figure to start with. You know, give or take, some people go through quicker and some might stay for an hour and a half or, or beyond if there's, like you said, if you find something like around the e-bikes, people might really study and do research and have in-depth conversations or buy the electric vehicles. So, yeah, it, I'd say a, an hour is a good good thing to start with. And if you want to try the food samples, just be there <laughs> when they're doing the demonstrations, I would say. Yeah, yes. And you are yeah. on primarily the north end of the fairgrounds. I would say it's is it the north end, northeast side? Is that how you would describe it? Yes, exactly. The northeast northeast corner. And and do is there still the big wind turbine that kind of signifies where you're at? There's a big wind turbine that sticks straight out of the ground, and that's kind of how I find it. Yes. Yes. When you see that Ferris wheel, then you look toward the northeast, and you'll see that wind turbine, and that's right in front of our building. Wonderful. Well, Stephen, we've been talking with Stephen Mickelson, who is with the Eco Experience at the Minnesota State Fair, currently at the Minnesota State Fair. Has it business pick, picked up at all, or, or are you not in a place to notice how things are going? Well, I, I jumped outside to a quiet oh. spot, so <laughs> okay. I, haven't, I haven't seen how the crowd is in the last half hour. But I was <laughs> just wondering because of the heat. You know, I think once the heat goes away, maybe it'll start to pick up for you. Yeah, I think probably later tomorrow and into the weekend, it's supposed to get a lot nicer. So, Very good. Um, and it's not that it's slow. It's just uh, for the first day of the fair, it's a little thinner than we thought. Yeah, but it was pretty hot, too. So, Well, I want to thank you for coming on yeah. the show and letting us know, and uh, maybe I'll see you up at the fair in a few days. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.